Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. There is a lot to talk about. And pretty much all of it sucks. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show where we are without Houts today, but we have our superhero, our fake-ass doctor, Merrick Brave, joining us as we're going to get into all the wonderful news we have. The Dolphins are riding a four-game losing streak. Bradley Chubb and Alec Ingold are in cast. And it was announced on Tuesday that Tua Tungavaloa was diagnosed with his second confirmed concussion of the season. So, Merrick, wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a, What's the opposite of a Christmas miracle? Oh, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of a Christmas miracle is other than the fact that we're living it right now as Dolphins fans. <laughs> uh, it's all been, I mean, it's been downhill for the last four weeks, but ever since Christmas Day when they lost to the Packers after leading 20 to 10 uh, with the ball heading into, uh, you know, scoring position, whether that's a field goal or possibly another touchdown right before half, and then Raheem Mostert fumbles that opportunity away. Packers kick a field goal, get the ball first in the second half, march down, score a touchdown, and all of a sudden it's tied 20 to 20 when the Dolphins were supposed to be up by by a minimum 13, maybe 16 or 17 going into half. Uh, oh, and then Tua Tonga-Vailoa gets concussed. It was concussed at that point already. Throws three interceptions in the fourth quarter. We didn't know it was because of a concussion. We just thought, hey, maybe our quarterback sucks again. Uh and then, you know, you get the news that he's in protocol, but eh, it's not a confirmed concussion. We don't know. He, he might be all right for Sunday. Mike McDaniel comes out today, Wednesday, says, nope, it's a concussion. Tua will be out on Sunday against the Patriots. We don't know if he's playing week 18 against the Jets. And now, according to everyone on Twitter, Tua Tungavailoa should just retire, never play football again. Uh, and the Dolphins might be right back at square one. Um uh, and it feels like they barely just left square one. Like they were dipping their toes into the waters of square two and uh, said, no, 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 that we don't belong there. That's not what we do as, as this or the Miami dolphins organization. And, and these dolphins fans, although they deserve better, we're not going to give them better. We're going to go right back to square one. And now there's talk of quarterback hunting in the off season and, can't draft a quarterback because you don't have a first round pick that was stripped from you. And you traded the other one for Bradley Chubb right before he broke his hand. Uh, I don't know, man, it's just rough. And, and then, you know, like you mentioned on top of all that, we're without Houts today. Houts has some sick kids at home and, and is dealing with that. So it's, it's been a, a lot of bad news as of late. And, and I'm just wondering when it's gonna, when it's all going to turn around for us as, as Dolphins fans. And I don't know if it ever will, maybe we'll never be good again. It's going to turn around the first day of free agency, but then it's going to circle back around come December again. That's we'll how always works have here. free agency, won't we? Or, or will we this year? The Dolphins are projected to be 17 million over the cap. It's fine. Everything is fine. Um, 
But this was a very, very tough situation, especially, you know, the, the fact that Tua completed the game. He spoke with announcer or ex, the media after the fact, and neither of those discredit the fact he has a concussion. Like, he can do all that stuff while having a concussion. Um, And then you mentioned it. Mike McDaniel came out on uh, Monday, and there was no interviews, press conferences on Tuesday. So we were kind of stuck stewing, uh, stuck digesting the fact that Mike McDaniel came out and said that uh, he was kind of watching the film and started talking to Tua. And actually, he said that they should he should talk to the doctors. And that's kind of how the ball got rolling. And Merrick, there's a lot to digest there. But I think what makes it so frustrating, especially for a lot of Dolphin fans who uh, we say we're level headed, we're definitely not. But we, we pretend to be. We put on the look that we're level headed. All we really want is to let things play out, right? All we really want to do is digest the situation. It is a very tough situation. We all feel for Tua, someone who just wants to be out there playing football to deal with all this. Obviously, nobody wants him to go out there if he's severely injured. But what was your initial reaction to seeing, you know, everybody come out and say, Instantly, this third confirmed concussion, which isn't necessarily true. You have everyone on the Twitter timeline saying it's time for him to retire. When all we just kind of wanted was some clarity. So when we wanted to digest, all we got was diarrhea. So what was that process like for you? It's tough watching that. And in today's microwave society where everybody wants everything now, um, they want opinions now, they want reactions now, they don't want to wait until you get the diagnosis. We didn't even know that Tua had a confirmed concussion until today, Wednesday morning. Uh, so you had to go all night Monday and all day Tuesday watching people, whether it's you know former players or talking heads on, on the big letter networks or, or just Dolphins fans or fans of other teams. We had to watch them all say, Tua for his health and safety should never play football ever again. He should, he should retire instantly and, and go live his life in Hawaii with his wife and, and newborn. And like, cool. I guess he does have a concussion now so we can have that conversation. But over the past two days, that wasn't the time to have that conversation. And, and to tell you the truth, it really isn't our place to be having that conversation. Anyways, Tua is an adult human being. He's not a kid. He's not somebody that you have to look out for and watch over and make sure that he makes the right decisions. These are his decisions to make as an adult human being. Everybody knows that football is dangerous. Tua Tungavailoa knows that football is dangerous. All you have to do is go back to his time spent at Alabama and, and the injuries that you know, he, he got, while he was in Tuscaloosa, you get the, the, obviously the devastating hip injury in his, his final season, but he had the tightrope surgeries on his ankles. Uh, you know, he got a broken nose and a concussion in Alabama as well. He knows that football is a dangerous sport. We all know that football is a dangerous sport, but I think right now, you know, people clamoring and, and claiming that Tua needs to retire because he suffered, you know, two confirmed concussions this year, possibly a third against Buffalo. So they think that they know best for the player and that he should retire. I mean, like, who are you to be saying that? Who are you to be to be claiming that that's what's best for Tua Tungabailoa? And I think we're ignoring a really important fact that we can sit here and we can say football is dangerous, but I don't think people understand just how dangerous football really is. These are confirmed concussions. Do you know how many unconfirmed concussions probably happen in every game, every week of the NFL season? It's insanity. Um, we talked about this after Tua's confirmed concussion against Cincinnati, but there, there's a, a brain doctor who used to be a professional wrestler, 
um, who I have a, a friendly relationship with, he sent me his book all about CTE and concussions. And in that book, it states that any contact sport, whether it's football or hockey or rugby or or even the endeavor that I pursue, professional wrestling, which I wouldn't classify as a, a sport, but it does have some athletic sensibilities and, and some dangerous aspects to, you know, your spine and your head and everything like that. Any sport, any activity that's physical in nature where you're getting hit or you're hitting somebody else or you're moving quickly and then there's an abrupt stop like car racing you know if you have a crash you're going real fast and then you stop even if you don't hit your head you don't have to hit your head even if you don't hit your head you can still get a concussion because your brain shifts inside your skull and then makes contact with the skull itself so your skull hitting the ground isn't what's giving you the concussion your brain moving quickly and then slamming into the side of your skull is what gives you the concussion. So you don't actually have to hit your head for that to happen. In fact, one time I was walking down uh, the back steps of my deck in my old home during wintertime and it was icy and I slipped on the steps and I fell backwards, did not hit my head at all, but there was a whiplash effect and having suffered numerous concussions myself. And it's not hyperbole for me to say over a 20 year wrestling career that I can confirm roughly 40 concussions, if not more. Um, and again, that's just confirmed by the way, here I am. My brain's not mush. I can, I can, uh, you know, move about in life just fine. I'm not in a wheelchair and, and I don't, you know, commit murders every day. I think that's what people think is going to happen. If you get, that was our background check when we, uh, got you on the show, we, <laughs> yeah. we just had to make sure Did nobody you was murder? dead by your blood. Have you murdered? <laughs> no, no, no murders. Not yet. Anyways, don't use this in a court of law if that day ever comes. But, uh, you know, I got a concussion, not not hitting my head, but just falling backwards and, and having a quick movement and, and then a sudden stop. Tell me that isn't football in a nutshell. Every single tackle is quick movement, sudden stop. Every single block, every single time a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman collide and their helmet helmets hit each other, that's a concussion every single time that in, again, my, my quote unquote sport wrestling, every single time you fall backwards, whether you hit your head or not, you fall backwards, you hit that mat. It's a concussion. So are you going to abolish professional football as a sport to protect everyone as equally as you're trying to protect to a tongue of Iloa by telling him he needs to retire? Is that what we're going to do? Knowing again, Chris Nowitzki, uh, graduate from Harvard University. He is literally a brain doctor. Uh, uh, what do they call them? Neurological scientists, whatever, that, whatever it is. He's telling you, he is telling you in no uncertain terms that you're getting a, a concussion every time you play football. So do we abolish football as a sport to protect everyone as equally as these pundits are saying that Tua needs to be protected or is it only for Tua? Do we only do this for Tua Tungabailoa? And why do we only do this for Tua Tungabailoa? Kenny Pickett, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, rookie, two confirmed concussions this year. He's out there starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers every week. T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, multiple concussions confirmed this year. He has over a thousand yards receiving and he's playing this weekend guaranteed. How come we don't have that outrage or maybe it's fake outrage on Twitter for those players, but we do for Tua Tunga Bailoa. 
I don't have the answer for that. I don't know why that is. Part of me wonders if it's people who came out and they disliked Tua Tungabailoa uh, for a myriad of reasons, whether that's because he had an underperforming rookie year due to that hip injury or they're siding with Brian Flores in this whole situation. I don't know why they dislike Tua, but part of me wonders, again, this is just me in my opinion, part of me wonders if these people want Tua to retire because they're starting to see some signs of life from Tua Tungabailoa this year under Mike McDaniel's offense. Do they want to be right so bad that instead they're moving the goalposts and they're saying, well, Tua's not bad at playing quarterback in the NFL, but he's just so fragile. He's just so small, which in a way confirms the worries that I had and the opinion that I had that Tua wouldn't be good. Is that what these people are doing? Is that why there's such an outcry against Tua Tungabailoa where they're telling him you need to retire now for your safety, but we're not doing that for players like Kenny Pickett or T Higgins. This, these aren't players from 15, 20 years ago. These are players from this season with multiple confirmed concussions this season. Why isn't that happening, Jake? I, am, am I the only one who's at a loss for words for this? I, I don't know if it's about being right as I think, I think, just attention seeking. I think Tua, since he came in the league, I think even at Alabama, he was a lightning rod for conversation. He just moves the needle, you think? And and you know, I see people tweeting this morning, and and one, I can't say it enough. I mean, if you don't agree with someone, you don't retweet everything they say, calling them stupid, because you are just giving them everything they're looking for. I mean, there was someone posting on Twitter today who had MD, uh, you know, anyone Mantis Tabog and MD. That's what we'll call him for the sake of this, and. Uh, uh, you know, he his pinned tweet was like as a Pats fan, yada, 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 cheery Pats. And uh, then he put on his doctor hat to say, hey, Tua needs to be fined, suspended, uh, forced into retirement, blah, 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 blah. And you click on his account and you see that he's paying for his Twitter checkmark. You just see this this attention that's being craved. And I guess what bothers me is that I don't think anybody is like nobody. If you watch football. You should not be surprised one bit that people get injured. The NFL has these commercials that come out where they say we're trying to make the game safer. Never once do they say we're trying to make the game safe. There is no way. If you look at the it statistics. It can't be safe. It literally cannot be safe in its current and, form. If you want it to be safe, then you have to play flag football. And even then, it's still not 100% safe. Sorry to interrupt you, Jake. No, you're, but you're 100% right. And every one of these players came into this middle school, high school, have been playing this physical, intense sport their entire life. They they are not new to the idea of there being injuries. And if it's the NFL who decides no more hitting, you, you better bet that there's going to be millions upon millions of people who are doing what they can to create a new league where they bring back the hitting and all the players have to sign, you know, I'm sure they already do, sign waivers saying, I understand that this is a violent sport and things could happen. I mean, the outrage about Tua, I mean, uh, excuse wow. I miss Josh so much. I was about to call you him, but <laughs> I could only but be at... so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at Javon Holland. I mean, uh, the other week, neck injury, came back in with, with the neck roll and played the rest of the game. And the whole time afterwards, he said how much pain he was in, that his arm was on fire. And all that was was a, a single tweet, right? That was just a single quote on Twitter. Like, oh my God, this guy is losing feeling in his arm. He can't function his body right, but he's out there playing next week, was barely on the uh, you know injury report. And here we are with Tua. We demand he retires. It's just silly where we, we got we to gotta go slow with this stuff. He is in a very tough situation. He has a lot on his plate and 
that's only for him to decide. If he knows of the risks, he wants to come back as a someone in his mid-20s and keep trying to prove every wrong and keep playing football, could end very badly. It could end very badly for anyone on a football field. And I pray that never happens, but we need to accept that fact that it's his decision. The ratings, I mean, you saw what happened on Christmas. There were, what, five top-tier basketball games, and then there was Tom Brady versus Trace McSwirly, who had 10 times more of the viewers. I think it was, like, 50 million compared to, like, 5 million. There, it, It's, like, this very, very loud uh, minority of the people who just want that attention, and then there's the rest of us who... I think we're all still getting comfortable using Twitter and things where we can't just come out and ignore it. We have to say they're stupid. When instead, why don't we, you know, bring up people like Channing Crowder who, okay, maybe he's not the, he's not a scientist. Don't get me wrong, but there's a a perspective here. There's a nuance here where you have someone like Channing Crowder who says, I played football for what, probably 16 years is in my head. For some reason, he said that after every game, he had a headache. And what do you do for that? He drank Hennessy. Right. So this has always been such a huge issue. There have always been players hiding the issues because the public outcry is there. They want people to stop. But at the end of the day, they really don't because they keep watching. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, Jake, is everybody wants to be the first voice on Twitter. And then everybody wants to be the loudest voice on Twitter because that's that gets most clicks, the most retweets, the most likes. And when the initial report came out that Tua Tungavailoa was entering concussion protocol. Again, not confirmed that he had one at this point. Everyone's loudest voice said, the Dolphins should be fine. The Dolphins should, you know, lose more draft picks. Uh, Mike McDaniel should feel awful, you know, this, that, and the other. And then it came out that, no, it was actually Mike McDaniel who told Tua to go get checked out by a doctor. In fact, if this was old school football and Tua came in and he was like, uh, yeah, my head's hurting a little bit. They would have been like, shush, 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 shush. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell the doctors. Don't talk about it in your media availability. We need you this Sunday. This is important. We're going to get by. And so it was actually Coach McDaniel, the person who everyone is chastising uh, when the news first breaks, who said, go get this checked out. I want to make sure that you're okay. Because newsflash and any of us who have, uh, you know, who cover this team or, or, or not, you don't even have to cover this team. You just have to, to know this team and, and know who Mike McDaniel is. Even just in his first season as head coach, we know this is a player's coach. He cares about his players as human beings, as individuals, not just as pawns in some big chess game known as, as NFL football. Like he cares about Tua Tungavailoa and he told him, go get checked out. Right. So then, then people say, well, shh, we can't, we can't talk about that anymore. I can't get outraged at that anymore. What's the next thing I can get outraged at? And like you said, Jake, I saw that doctor on Twitter today. I follow him for fantasy football stuff. I want to know who's hurt, who's not, because you know me, I'm big on them injuries, fake-ass doctor over here. But uh, <laughs> I saw it. I saw it right away. I saw it. I think he posted last night and then doubled down this morning and then deleted the tweet because that's what everyone does, right? Once there's too much heat, you got to delete the tweet. But uh, nice, yeah, he, he, he says, he says, Tua, Tua should be suspended Tua should be fine and like you said he is a Patriots fan and who do the Dolphins play on Sunday oh yeah Patriots makes a lot of sense right but Tua should be suspended for hiding his injury because you can't you can't go after McDaniel anymore because McDaniel actually did the right thing so now you have to go after Tua Tungavailoa well again newsflash Tua Tungavailoa is not a doctor he having the one confirmed concussion earlier this year and then the one in college 
is not an expert on concussions. He suffered a couple of them. He doesn't know exactly what that feels like. And as was pointed out by, I think, Dr. Alan Sills, uh, I don't I don't know exactly what position he holds within the NFL, but he has a high-ranking uh, position in, you know, injuries and things like that. He said that there is a small percentage, roughly 5% of people have delayed symptoms for concussions. So if the concussion could have happened during the game on Sunday, Tua wouldn't have known about it on Sunday, wouldn't have known about it Sunday night, may not have even known about it on Monday morning. He said sometimes these symptoms take days to show up, yet everyone on Twitter is assuming that as soon as Tua hit his head against the Packers late in the second quarter that Tua automatically knew, oh, I have a concussion. Well, if you haven't had a lot of concussions and you're not experienced with that and what those symptoms feel like, then there may that may not have been the case. But you can't walk around and and tweet and get on TV if, if you're on ESPN or or NFL Network or any of these shows. You can't. It's just irresponsible for you to go uh, on any public platform and clearly state without any room for for uh, discussion that. Tua did know, and he should be suspended, and he should be fine, and the Dolphins should be fine, and this, that, and the other. They're doing it for attention. They're doing it for clicks, and I am so sick and tired of it. I'm so disgusted by it. We're never going back to the old way of doing things. It's just never going to happen, so I guess I'm just going to have to deal with it, and the rest of us are as well, but it's just it's ridiculous at this point, and it feels like it's always surrounding the Dolphins, and specifically Tua Tungabailoa, and and I feel bad for him. He's going through a real rough patch in his life right now because of this situation. You know, by all accounts, he's a really good dude, a really good person. He's got a newborn baby at home, which is difficult. I've been through that a couple of times, having having two kids of my own. Uh, you know, and he's just had a rough go of it these first three years. And people will say, you know, old school guys will say, hey, man, he still makes, you know, he's guaranteed, what, $30 million off of his rookie deal. I'd take that any day. Yeah, well, you know what? You're not a uh, all-world superstar athlete who made it to the NFL, which had been to his dream since he was a little boy. Literally talks about how his dad would take him out on the beach when he was five, six years old and practice his throwing motion. Like this has been his his dream his entire life, and now he finally gets here. And so many things have gone wrong, and so many things have held him back. Uh, you know, between the hip injury and, and Brian Flores uh, not having a good relationship with him. And then the Dolphins flirting with Tom Brady and flirting with Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, I don't think you need to flirt with Deshaun Watson. He's going to get his way no matter what. You know, it, I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I'm so sick of it. I want him to be the savior of the Dolphins. Uh, will he ever be? That is seriously in doubt at this point. Um, I, I think it's, it's so poetic so fitting that Tua was probably having his best game as a member of the Miami Dolphins through through two three quarters against the Packers through for 300 yards on 13 completions like what that doesn't happen people don't do that that's insanity that's insanity you know and then of course with the concussion the three interceptions in the fourth quarter and it all goes to shit always does for the Dolphins and us as fans but you know these people that speak in these definitive terms without all of the information being apparent. It's just, it's, it's, it's sad. And I hope we can get to a point where it doesn't happen anymore, but I seriously doubt we're ever going back to that world, Jake. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down 
we break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Oh, yeah. Everyone's always going to have a microphone now. I mean, us idiots are always going to be yelling about something. Uh, I do want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, who Mike McDaniel said they're moving forward with him planning to start on Sunday. But there are two two things I want to bring up real quick, um, and then, then we can move on. Uh, it's just really important to make sure you have your facts right when you're talking about someone's health. And when you're sitting there on Monday and Tuesday and saying he had a confirmed concussion and all this other stuff, that that is some really rocky territory where you need to be very careful because there are so many players. And, you know, this is where you mentioned it, it seems like it always happens around the Dolphins. And when you're in the weeds with the team so much, it, it does feel that way. I mean, I I was going off about penalties in the Packers game, how the Dolphins at one point had six and the Packers had one wannabe on a kick return. So it didn't even inflect down a distance. But but then I take a step back and realize like, hey, like there was a chance in there and this happens with players. You can go into concussion protocol without having a concussion and you hear coaches kind of talk in a way where, yeah, they're in there, but they don't even have it. I think we've heard Mike Tomlin do that. So it's just so important to make sure you know what you're talking about before something com- happens. And the second thing I want to say is Josh brought this up in the DMs, and I thought this was very interesting. Tua threw three interceptions in that second half. He still had some pretty damn good throws. Like, he was still on target for a lot of throws for, for that entire ordeal. So, I mean, it's just so hard to predict these things. It's so hard to understand how people are going to react. Yes, there were three god-awful throws, and, you know, you make the jokes that people are making the jokes that Mike McDaniel, you see how uncharacteristic uncharacteristic it is for Tua and then as you see tell him to go see a doctor but like he was still making good throws too so to say that we know exactly how concussions work and how they're going to hit you instantly is just a very very lazy uh, conclusion to come from come to yeah I agree and now you know because of all of this you got the people who say Tua's fragile Tua can't compete in the NFL like bro brains are brains like nobody has a stronger brain than somebody else. Like I, I hate to burst somebody's bubble out here, but getting concussions does not make Tua Tungabailoa fragile. Now, once you get one, you're more susceptible to get to get future concussions. But everyone, every player, every quarterback is just one big hit away from getting that that big diagnosed concussion. And then all of a sudden, guess what? They're injury prone, quote unquote, as well. You know, like when I was a kid, Troy Aikman retired because of concussions. Uh, uh, Steve Young retired because of concussions. You know, this stuff does happen. Um, I hate that it's now happening to Tua. It is a real conversation that we do need to have as people who podcast about the Miami Dolphins, as people who write about the Miami Dolphins for the Finsider. That is a conversation that needs to happen. I don't know if now is the time to have that conversation. Like you said, Jake, we'd be rushing to conclusions because – 
Tua could miss this game on Sunday against the Patriots, come back on, on Monday or Tuesday to practice and be like, cool, I'm ready to go against the Jets. And depending on what happens in that Patriots game, we could have already clinched a playoff spot. And so maybe he sits against the Jets just to get ready for the 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 wild card playoff game. Who knows? Or maybe he needs to play against the Jets to get to the playoffs. Again, if he's healthy and he's past protocol, that's his decision to make, not anybody else's. And, you know, the team may have a say in there as well. You know, Mike McDaniel might say, you know, I want to I want to protect you even further. It is what it is. But, you know, we could have this entire discussion about, well, who's going to play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins next year when the answer is probably Tua Tungvaluwa. Unless he decides to retire, it's Tua. Tua has had a good enough season. Now there are question marks with the missed games and and some of the play over the last few weeks, even though he did play well against Buffalo in the loss that you can have. But the fact of the matter is the Dolphins don't have any money to spend. The Dolphins don't have any draft picks, uh, at least in the first round to go draft a replacement, nor to trade to a team. Everyone keeps talking about Aaron Rodgers. You can't trade uh, any picks for Aaron Rodgers unless they're future ones. And the Packers are going to want that one for this year, you know? Uh, So what are you doing? You're not trading for Lamar Jackson because not only is he going to cost about five first round draft picks, but he's going to cost, $50 $50 million a year as well, which the Dolphins don't have. So hate to break it to you folks. If Tua doesn't retire, he's your quarterback for, for 2023. I personally advocate for that. And I'm excited about that because at the end of the day, this is still Tua's first year in Mike McDaniel's system, Mike McDaniel's offense, and he's already kicking ass, right? He's eight and four in the 12 games that he's played, uh, was on an MVP pace just a few games ago, has given Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle the opportunity to become the most prolific wide receiver duo in the history of the league, yet two is a disappointment. Come on, get out of here. He can still learn. He can still grow. He can still get better. And he's still cheap. He's still cheap. His cap hits $9 million next year. So if he doesn't retire, two is the quarterback next year, no matter what happens over these next two games. Um, and, and I think that's a good good decision. But Merrick, I think we spoke a lot about Tua and we only have about eight and a half minutes left here. So so let's talk about Teddy Tugwells. Let's talk about this offense because, I mean, the thing that's frustrating to me, you know, let, let's talk about the offense in a whole. The fourth quarters absolutely suck, all right? This is a team that yeah. averages 4.7 points in the fourth quarter. This is a team that has scored more than seven points in the fourth quarter, like twice. That includes that magical Baltimore game. This is a team that has been held scoreless in the fourth quarter about seven, eight times. So, Barrick, I'm just interested to see how does this team get back on track? You have Teddy coming in. Uh, last time he started uh, a series of games, he was 5-0 and at the Saints. His left tackle was Teron Armstead, cough, cough. So there's that continuity there. And I think the biggest fear now is just praying to God, and I don't say this jokingly, I, I really hope he isn't knock- knocked out of the game in the first three plays again. I think that's the only thing that held him back because – Teddy Bridgewater is a good backup quarterback. And if it's not some sort of tough, tough injury, the the hardness of football, I, I think the Dolphins are, there's a heartbeat. Call me an idiot, but there's a heartbeat still with this team, I feel. No, there is a heartbeat. I think we're we're getting close to being on life support with that heartbeat. But Teddy Bridgewater has had success in this league. He will get a full week to be the number one guy in practice. Mike McDaniel said they already spent literally all night last night, Tuesday night, uh, talking about what plays Teddy feels comfortable running, what plays he feel he feels he can excel with against the Patriots. So 
he's going to get an opportunity. He still has Jalen Waddle. He still has Tyreek Hill. Maybe they lean into that ground game a little bit more, which has looked good the last couple weeks. And even while looking good, McDaniel still goes away from it towards the end of the game. Maybe this is uh, a wake-up call to actually stick with it for once. So you don't know. You're not sure. You hope it can go well. Um, this is the Dolphins, though. So I think we I think we know how this one ends, Jake. I think we've seen the ending to this story. Oh, they, yes. they, they start 8-3. and three. It looks like it's going to be uh, – you know, a, a fantastic season. They're going to get to the playoffs. Can they win the AFC East? Maybe they'll even be the number one seed and, and clinch home field advantage throughout the, throughout the playoffs and Tua will be MVP. And uh, now look what's happened. We've lost four in a row. They're eight and seven. They still have the opportunity to drop these next two and have a losing record on the season. Somehow Crazy. after starting eight and three Tua Tonga Bailoa, is no longer in the MVP race. And not only is he not in the MVP race, he's not in the game. He won't play this weekend. He might not play next weekend. And, you know, there is that that possibility that he may never play for the Miami Dolphins ever again. And and to go from where we were just four weeks ago at eight and three to all of this crap that's just been unloaded in laps now, like this is just, this is, this is the, that's so Dolphins moment of of the century. Uh, it's this is this is bad. This is real bad. This is real bad. So we'll stay optimistic to a point, and we'll hope that this team can pull it out. Because with all of that being said, if they win against New England and the Jets lose against the Seahawks on the road traveling to Seattle, it's a tough place to play. If both of those things happen, the Dolphins clinch a playoff spot. With all of that bad stuff that we just talked about. The Dolphins clinch a playoff spot. And then what happens if Tua comes back and he's feeling good and we're catching teams, uh, you know, you, you never know what could happen. That's my point. You never know what can happen. This could be the down point uh, that propels us into this upswing. They could get hot at the right time and, and pull off a, a run like the Bengals did last year. A lot of things are going to need to change. A lot of things are going to need to turn around and go right for any of that to happen. I'm not saying that I believe it's going to happen. I'm not even saying it's a better than 50-50 chance it's going to happen. I'm just saying, like you did, Jake, there is that heartbeat, and it, it, it is a possibility. And and like like the famous comedic movie, uh, Dumb and Dumber from my childhood, the famous gift that goes on Twitter every now and again. That's in black so and white, right? <laughs> it can be. Uh, you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. We have about four minutes left, and one thing I want to talk about here is another lightning rod for Dolphins Twitter is, is this defense and Josh Boyer, um, because I, I think there is a portion of people who have already written him off as a, a bad defensive coordinator, and I don't necessarily know I want to go that far. Um, this was a defense that gave up 26 points on Sunday. I think if you look at the, the micro, you can definitely point out some plays where you're wondering what the hell is the play call here, but when you look at the macro, do you look at what this defense has done? I, I think that especially you give up 26 points at home, I think this defense, despite the injuries, despite the issues, despite just the simple, terrible plays, this unit, I think, has done enough to, to give the offense a chance. And, and I think that's just important to keep in mind as we go out these last few weeks that this defense might not be fantastic, but I think they've done enough uh, considering all the issues to keep this uh, team afloat. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if Josh Boyer's back next year. And if he does get fired, I'm not going to shed a tear for him. I'm not so emotionally invested in Josh Boyer uh, and his tenure with the Dolphins that I would really care. I just want this team to win. Um, 
he was dealt a bad hand this year right from the get-go when Byron Jones uh, decided not to come back for whatever reason. I don't think we'll ever know the issue there or, or the real reason on that. And then multiple injuries after that. You know, we always talk about the injuries to the secondary, but, we, you know, there was also an injury to Emmanuel Ogba as well. We we always forget that one. So a lot of, lot of uh, patchwork that needed to be done by Boyer to get this defense ready to play in game days. And, you know, to his credit, he goes out and he finds a player like Cater Kohu from Texas A&M Commerce, and that's not uh, something that's out of the ordinary for Boyer. He does that consistently. He did that with Nick Needham as well uh, and was doing that for uh, the Patriots when he was with them. So it would suck to kind of lose his ability in that regard, finding those hidden gems. Um, but I do think this defense has so many great players on it. You know, if you just look at that front seven, you got Jalen Phillips, you have uh, Zach Sealer, you got Christian Wilkins, you got Melvin Ingram, you got Bradley Chubb, you got Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, you know, J Jerome Baker's a good player. You got Xavier Howard in the secondary and Javon Holland in the secondary. And now you have Cater Kohu playing well. Like to have that many good players and still be giving up as many points as they do specifically on the road. And, uh, and I, I think that 26 against the Packers was heavily aided by some plays like uh, the 94 yard kickoff return yeah. and uh, the interception in the fake punt their thing. Own. Yeah. Fake punt. There's a lot of things that, that contributed to those 26 points against the Packers. So I'm not specifically citing that, but I think there's too many good to great players on this defense for it to be performing as poorly as it has. So I think with Josh Boyer, I'm kind of in a, take it or leave it. If they keep them. All right, cool. But I hope we can uh, maybe get somebody in his ear to tell him, no, 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 no. Don't call that prevent defense on third and third and 19 uh, against the chargers that led to them going for it on fourth and one and punching it in for a touchdown with Eckler, you know, just those moments. I don't want to see any more of those, but if we keep Josh Boyer, I'm not going to sit here and be one of those crazy dudes on Twitter, just screaming his head off. Oh no, we got a Boyer. What is this? Nobody knows what they're doing anymore. So I'm kind of, I guess on the fence. I know people don't want to hear that again, microwave society, you must have an opinion and you must have answers. Now I don't have that yet. Um, and there'll be people who get paid a lot more money than I do who uh, are tasked to make that decision. So we'll see where it goes in, in the long run. But I mean, Sunday's a big one and, and thankfully McCorkle's not a great quarterback. So maybe this defense will actually get something done. That is what the fingers are crossed for. We have less than a minute, but Merrick, you're still in the bullpen. We might have you back on Friday, so we're actually going to hold off on your prediction for now, if that's okay with you, unless you want to say it. Sounds good. No, I'll come back. Awesome. Let's go. Awesome. For Finsider Radio, we miss you, Josh. We thank you, everyone who has joined us and listening today. We hope everyone is staying warm or staying cool wherever you live. But most importantly, above all else, don't be too sad and fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.